Hi, and welcome to Revive Gore. This podcast features Steve Green. We hope you're encouraged by these words. What I'm saying this morning, I wrote last night, after I was talking to God throughout the week. I love it when God pulls things together. And what prompted me to to think about what I'm going to speak on was two prophecies that we've received of late as a church. Um, One was at the Revive United Day from Sharon Stone. And this is what she said of us as a church. It's a longer version, but the, the highlights are that we will have governmental relationships in Gaul and that we will be a church of influence in this town and that we will be given favour and help in the quest to bring the kingdom of God into this town and that we will point people to Jesus and they will cast their cares on him. She also said that we would be a church of children teenagers and families that every generation would be represented within our church she saw a church of many nations worshipping God and that we would be an international church and people will come to us because they will not be judged for who they are they will not be judged from who they are And that we will be a house of prayer to the nations. Come on. You know, with a prophecy, you want to say, yeah, when's it going to happen? (laughs) You know, you want a date on it, don't you? End of the year, come on. The other one I was praying into, again, was the Holy Spirit reminded me of uh, an Australian prophet, Fergus McIntyre, who's actually in Cottingham tonight, if you want to go and hear him and see him. And he said that we would be a church of 200 and that that growth would come quickly. A church of 200, which means we won't get in here unless you have multiple services, and that growth would come quickly. And I've been praying into those two prophecies and words this week. And I said to the Lord, what must we do to make this happen? What would we do as a church? Will you just do it? Or have we got a role to play in this? And it reminded me of a guy in the Old Testament. And his name is Shammah, the son of Adji, a Hararite. Shammah, the son of Adji, a Hararite. Okay. Bible quiz number one. For a whopping great big bar of chocolate, for those who can eat chocolate. Does anybody know who Shammah was and what he did? Anybody know? I'm just guessing. Come on, it's up for grabs. Anybody got any idea? Shalom, well, yes. I'm not giving it for that. Okay, here's a clue. Lentils. 
A bag of lentils. Actually, we usually have loads. Yeah, no, no, that's not the story I'm thinking of either. Sorry. No, he wasn't a farmer. Okay, I looks like I'm going to keep my bar of chocolate to myself. If you listen to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit gives you chocolate. Should she like let you off the hook? She'll keep going. Do you want some clues or uh, some clues? He was he was a soldier. And he was, he was, he was one of David's mighty men. Did you not? I think I should give you the chocolate then, because he, he cheated, really. He looked on his phone. He was one of David's mighty men who did amazing exploits for God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give it. I give it. Yeah. I feel like ripped off. It's a big bar. You can have half of it. Okay. If you turn with your Bibles then to two Samuel twenty-three, two Samuel twenty-three, where we read about Shammah. Okay. And there's only two verses here about him. He is mentioned in the list of David's mighty men and the exploits that they did. So 2 Samuel 23, verse 11. Everybody get in there? Okay. 2 Samuel 23, starting at verse 11. So next to him was Shammah, the son of of Adji, the Hararite. And when the Philistines banded together at a place where there is a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of this field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. You've read the story now as you've gone through the Bible. Shammah, the Ad, of son of Adji, the, the um, Hararite, he stood his ground. He stood his ground. He said, uh-uh, you're not having this. We're not having this. I'm standing my ground. And the Holy Spirit said to me to bring in these prophecies as a church, we're going to need to stand our ground. And we're going to need to take ground. Here is a man who would not back down. Here is a man who stood his ground against the forces of the enemy. Now, Hararite, apparently, looking into my um, this week and last night, means mountaineer. Hararite means mountaineer. And his dad would have been a mountaineer from the hill country of Judah. So if this guy's dad is a mountaineer, you can imagine that as a kid growing up, he'd have heard the stories of exploits. He'd have heard the stories of mountaineering. He'd have, 
It'd have heard the stories of facing things bigger than yourselves and overcoming them. And that's the position that God wants to put us in. Facing enemies, facing things bigger than ourselves. But in Jesus' name, taking them down. Taking them down. So you can just imagine Shama stood there. The enemy's approaching. It's a raiding party of the Philistines. And they're coming towards this field where he's stood and where they're, where they're harvesting. Brian, any idea how many people, how many Philistines was in a raiding party? Any guess? A hundred? Eight hundred. Wow. I tried to find out and I couldn't find it anywhere. Okay. So the people are harvesting. It's harvest time. They're harvesting this field of lentils. The Philistines are attacking the nation of Israel. And it was a time of harvest. The enemy did this for two reasons. To take ground, to kill the Israelites, literally, and also to take away their food supply. They took away their food supply. They had no food. They couldn't get strength. They couldn't get the resources they needed. It was part of the ploy of the enemy. I wholeheartedly believe that as a church, we are in a time of harvest. We are coming into a time of harvest. Yeah? That's what God is saying to us. 200 quickly. An international church. A church full of people of different generations. But we're going to have to stand. So you can just see it, can't you? However many, 800. Wow, come on. The rest flee behind this guy. The people flee. But he says, not a chance. Not a chance. Whatever he did, whether he took his sword, doesn't tell us. Whether he took his shield, whether he took a spear, he took his stand. This is my field. This is our field. You're not having it. You are not having it. And however he did it, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, gives him strength or strategy. I don't know. But he took him down. That's what he says. He took them down and the Lord, he defended it, struck the Philistines down and the Lord brought about a great victory. Come on. Come on. This is what we're about as a church. Taking great victories for God. Not giving ground to the enemies. The rest fled. The rest ran. The people went that way. But one man stood his ground. One man believed that this field, this ground is worth fighting for. Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on church. Let's stand our ground. It's a time to stand our ground. It's a time to defeat the enemy of this town. It's a time to stand for Jesus Christ and who he is and what he represents and the church that he wants to build in this, in this town and in this area.
There's a time in my life and there's a time in your life where you've got to decide what you're going to do. What are you going to do? You're going to be like Shammah and stand? Are you going to be like the rest of them and do a runner? Because in God, we can stand. God has given us everything we need through the death and the life and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to walk in victory. Amen? This guy was well outnumbered. One against, whatever, 800 once against, even if it was 25. One against 12, who knows? Whatever it was, whatever was the number, this guy was outnumbered. And so often, so often through our natural minds, through our natural thinking, we see these situations in our lives and we think that we're outnumbered. We think that we don't stand the chance. We think that we're defeated. And you know not what? You know that? We are not defeated. In Christ Jesus, we are not. With God, we are never outnumbered. And with God, we never need to retreat. Prepared to take that stand. Right now, right now in this town, right now in our lives, right now in my life, there are things I, you, we need to stand for. What are we going to do? Are we going to stand or are we going to do a runner and wait for the next people to take it on? There's a battle right now for your very salvation. You know that? Even those of you that have been walking for years, even those of us like me who have been walking for years, there's still a battle for our very salvation. If the enemy can get us walking in another direction, thinking in another way, not getting us to read our Bibles, not getting us to pray, making us that lukewarm Christian that Jesus doesn't want, We've walked off the path, haven't we? We're out the game. We're out the fight. I have to stand for my family. I have to stand for things that are going on within my family and say to the enemy, you know what? You're not having it. You're not having it. You've probably got people and things going on in your families where we need to stand and say, you're not having it. In Jesus' name, we're not having this. We're taking our stand. Our friends... Our very marriages we have to stand for and fight for. We're going to have to stand for this town and the people in this town. Stand in the gap for them. Stand in the gap of prayer. Stand in the gap releasing the miracles and the faith that God's put in our lives and releasing it into their lives. You're going to have to stand at the moment even for our very Christian values. We're going to have to make a stand. And that is going to be tricky. People won't like us for our Christian values. People won't like us for the way we think. People won't like us for standing for our biblical doctrines and biblical teachings. But you know what, church? We're going to have to make a stand. We're going to have to say, you know what? 
this far and no more. Amen. Retreat, enemy. Yeah. This is how it is. This is the way. Let's be renewed in our minds. Let's get a hold of the doctrines of the scriptures. Let's get to know them and let's be strong in them. Let's be strong in them. Shammah counted the cost and he knew that something was at stake. A piece of land. Who knows how big this piece of land was? I've no idea whether it was an acre or 50 acres. I don't know. All it was was a lentil patch. To some degree, does it matter? To him it mattered because it's my blooming field and I'm keeping it. You know what I'm saying? It takes boldness. It's going to take courage. It's going to take faith. It's going to take determination to hold on to these things which are precious to us when the enemy comes along and tries to take them. Ephesians 6.13, let's, let's turn there. If you've got your Bibles with you, or your phones, or your tablets, whatever you're looking at. Ephesians 6.13 to 14. Speaks about the armour of God. This is what I want to focus on. Therefore... Put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, not if, not it might do, it might happen, but when, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand, stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace. Jesus has equipped us. Let's refuse. Let's refuse not to give up our land. Not to give up the things that God has given us. Not to give up the blessings in our life. Not to give up. Not to surrender these things to him. Because there's no need. After you've done everything to stand. It's all in him. Jesus has totally and utterly equipped us to make this stand. Jesus has totally and utterly equipped us to give us the victory in our lives. I believe that as a church, God has totally equipped us and given us everything we need to take this town for him. He said to us, you're going to be this. You're going to be this church. You're going to be this. You're going to be a church of 200. But you're going to have to stand. Because the enemy doesn't like it. The enemy doesn't want this church growing. The enemy doesn't want you growing. The enemy doesn't want you getting into your ministry. So we've got to take a stand and fight for it. But God has given everything we need. It's the Lord's victory. That's what it said. The Lord's victory. Even Jesus had to set his face. It says in Luke 9:51, Jesus set his face, determined for the walk. Even Jesus had to press in and press on. I was just praying this morning and I felt I needed to say this. That 
the temptations in our lives are a battleground. The temptations in our lives, for all of us, are a place of victory or a place of failure. We all face temptations, different temptations for different one of us. The enemy knows exactly how to entice us into this, into that, or into the other. 1 Corinthians 10.13, the classic. It's so powerful. But no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted by what you can bear. But when you are tempted, what will he do? He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The day of temptation is going to come. Jesus was tempted, we'll be tempted in so many different ways. But God also says, I've equipped you. I've equipped you. Take your stand. No temptation can overcome you. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So when we become tempted, God knows that we can cope with it. And he also knows we can cope with it and he gives us what? A way out. He'll provide a way out so that you can endure it. Listen, if you're struggling this morning with sin, if you're struggling this morning with some temptations, say sorry, repent to God, put it right, and get some determination. Get some good old grit in your life to make that stand. And if you still need help in something, in an area, let us know. Come and tell somebody, because... Often with temptation, the enemy says, you're the only one doing this, you know. And if you go to the church, what will they think of you? Let's not get trapped. Let's not get caught. If we're stuck in something, come and talk to one of us. Come and talk to somebody else. Get some support. Verse 12, and the Lord wrought a great victory. We stand with Jehovah Nissi. The Lord, our banner of victory. The name Shammah is interesting. And we're kind of coming to a close. God, I want to do some praying. That name, Jehovah Shammah, means the Lord is present. When he stood his ground, God was present with, us, with him. When we stand our ground, God is faithful. And God is present with us. Absolutely no doubt about it. This guy's faith was not in himself. It was in his gods. It was in the God who he served. He'd done these exploits, but God stepped in. I just want to encourage you to finish as, as we finish. Walk in your calling. Walk in your calling. Take that stand and keep going. Get trained, get skilled, keep going. Whatever it is, however you want to serve the church, however you want to serve the Lord, get skilled, get trained, walk in it. I believe that this guy would have been trained for war. He'd have started off with, I don't know, wooden swords or whatever you do it in those days, I don't know. And then he moved on, and then he moved on, and then he moved on to this point where he took his stand. What I love about verse 11 was it said, it starts with, and next to him. 
and next to him. We're here as a church together. We're not alone in these things. And next to him was Dave. And next to him was Abby. And next to him was Dion. And next to him was Dave. And next to him. And next to him. And next to him. We need each other, church. I need you to stand. I need you to stand with me. We can't do it. All this that God is asking us to do, we need to do it together. Let's stand together as a church. Let's get yourself to church on a Sunday morning. Let's see you here. Try and get to the prayer meeting if you can. Get to the prayer meeting. Get to the revive team. Let's stand together. Let's, let's keep pressing on as a church. Let's encourage each other. Let's laugh with each other. Let's cry with each other. Let's enjoy each other's company. But let's do it in the presence of God. Yeah? So my question to you this morning is, what's the field that God's asking you to defend right now? What is the field where the enemy is approaching, maybe even in the field right now, and God says... You need to defend it. What's the field? Maybe it's insignificant, a lentil patch. A lentil patch, a piece of ground. But to Shammah, this was not, it was more than just a piece of ground. What's the field that God's asking you to defend this morning? Something in your family, something in the town, something at work. Maybe it's a people group. Maybe it's a part of goal that God's given you and he's going to say, let's do this. Let's take this together. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's worship. What's your field? It's going to take courage, faith, vision and provision. But God gives us all that we need for our life and our godliness. Yeah? Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to all these things? What's our response to all these things that God has said to us this morning? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? And Romans 8.37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're conquerors. God is for us. Who can be against us? The last thing that I wrote on my notes here was, Get out of my field. Get out of my field. Get out of my field, enemy. Because enough's enough. Get out of my field. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Get out of my field. I do hope that you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information about our church services, conferences, full-time college and our products, visit www.revivechurch.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you.
if you've been encouraged in any way.